same old people That kind that'll sell your soul Trade it for a shining stone Ain't nothing in this life for free Running from the greatest evil Finally don't know me A man's gotta fight temptation Hello and uh, welcome back to the First and Ten podcast. Um, we're back with our draft coverage. Um, this week we are doing the linebackers and uh, join me for that. We've got Lee Wakefield. How are you, Lee? Uh, hello. Hello again. Yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, maybe not the the best group of players, I guess. I think that's fair to say, isn't it? Um, got... Yeah, yeah. We were just say, we were just saying a minute ago, yeah. it's not a bit like the cornerback class that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago where it's quite top-heavy. Yeah. Um, for me, I think it's like uh, yeah, there's three there's three really good talents. Uh, they're not quite up to the sort of standards that we saw last year, like Roquan Smith and people like that. But they're still pretty good nonetheless. And then after that, you kind of in gamble territory, I think. Yeah, and so I, I think there are some players down there that are going to be worth a gamble. But yeah, there's going to be a few uh, busts out there. Just well, I guess there always is, but yeah, definitely top heavy in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, we're going to go through our usual. Um, Top five, and then a sleeper pick or two out there. Um, well, we might as well crack straight onto it. Um, who have you got at number five? Yeah, sure. Okay, so uh, my number five is Kendall Joseph from Clemson. Nice. So um, I, I've got the. We, we always talk about the fits, don't we? And I, I've got the, the same fits for everyone. Yeah. Because I think there's just some fits that out there that just, the teams that just need linebacker. Yeah. So I'm just going to name them off the, off the top just straight away. So I think that's uh, the Rams. The Vikings, the Chargers, the Steelers, and the Bengals. I think they, and that's almost in reverse order of priority as well. I think the Bengals, like, I think in round one, I think it's linebacker on or you know on nothing basically. And yeah. um, the Steelers is, as well, pretty pretty similar. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just gonna just sort of get that out there at the beginning. Yeah. So I'm, on, I'm, yeah, on to Joseph. Oh, sorry, go on. I, I think the only other one is well, like with every podcast we've done so far, is the Raiders. I think they could do with a linebacker, but. I mean, they could do yeah. literally everything, couldn't they? So uh. <laughs> yeah, they're a bit like the Cardinals, aren't they? Like, yeah, they just need everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, the, the Rams, uh, sorry, the Raiders, sorry. Uh, yeah, they could do with a tone setter, maybe. Yeah, uh, just someone sort of uh, kind of put John Gruden's stamp on it. I think. Yeah, he wants to play the sort of hard nose, old school style. I mean, he's he sort of a, a leader in the middle of the defense. I think for that. Yeah, I think. Sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. I agree with that. So uh, yeah, just on to, on to Joseph. Um, super productive uh, over the, the last two seasons. He's got two hundred and two tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, four sacks, two interceptions. So he's obviously been productive. Um, and obviously, I would say it's about production and it's about experience. That's two of my big things. Uh, and even before that, as a sophomore in his second year, he got um, eleven and a half tackles for loss and three and a half sacks. So you know, it's quite productive. Um, the question is obviously how much is that due to playing behind that Clemson D-line. Obviously, it shows he's got a pretty high football IQ, he's quite comfortable in space, takes good angles, there's not a lot of wasted movement. You can tell he's not kind of like second-guessing. He kind of knows his move before it makes, he, he makes it. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Peggy's quite a good linebacker. I just think it's, um, like you say, it's just one of those things where there's a few question marks because it's obviously like the players around him. How, how much is it him and how much is it the good team that he's on? Yeah, and... I guess it, I guess it can go both ways, can't it? I think it's sort of good that you get the experience of playing at such a good team, and then you can also sort of hold it against them. That say, is it just that they are on a good team that's sort of making them look a bit better, isn't it? It's, it's hard to know which it is sometimes. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, being sort of like down the order for us in this sort of class, it might be a bit of a blessing in disguise because obviously the top guys are probably not going to go to the better teams. But yeah. say if he goes to like a decent team in the mid rounds, it could could be that all over again. You know, if he's playing on a good team in the pros as well. Yeah, and so what's what sort of player do you think he'll be once he reaches the NFL? Yeah, I think if he gets a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger, I think he, he's like industry prototypical Mike. You know, he's kind of coming downhill. Um, you know, he's shown that he can get in the backfield with all those tackles for loss and a few sacks. But he's also got a bit of coverage skills as well, because obviously he's got those interceptions. Yeah. Which is quite rare, and it's something that you need in the NFL these days. You know, everyone's kind of been having to be a jack-of-all-trades back there, aren't they, in the linebacking core. So, yeah. yeah, I think he can be that sort of um, modern-day linebacker. He's, he's quite quick, he's not like super slow or anything like that. Um, but like I say, he just needs to get a bit stronger. I think he, he gets sort of swallowed up by blockers a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he can, he can be. He just needs to make that improvement and sort of answer these questions on, like we just said, like whether it's him or whether it's those surrounding. Yeah, and so I think them sort of things, uh, things he will just develop as he gets more experience in the NFL and with better coaching and better players around him, won't he? I think that will help. Uh, yeah, exactly. And obviously, you know, when when these players sort of move from college into the pros, they're like being pros. They don't have to go to class anymore. They have a better weight program and things like that. Yeah. They, they generally, you know, blossom in that sense as well. Yeah. Um, so, well, where do you think, where do you think he'll end up going? So, is he going to be a day two guy or? He could be the end of day two, start of day three. I think. Yeah. I think maybe around three or four. Uh, you know, all the all the teams above that we mentioned, um, kind of going to be looking at him. I think. Yeah, in that sort of range. Nice. And. Say, so, is there any of them teams that you think could redo really a player like him, or is it just they're all going to be yeah, sort of after the same sort of players? I think, like I said, I think the Bengals kind of need to take one in the first round. So I think Joseph would be a huge reach for anyone like that. The Steelers yeah. kind of they're going to be going back for a linebacker, maybe somewhere in the secondary. So it depends what they prioritise. They sort of go for the secondary guy first, maybe somewhere else in the second round, and then they can kind of dip into. The linebacker like grouping in that sort of range, maybe you could end up there. The Chargers have said that they want to kind of prioritise it, so I wouldn't be surprised they doubled it. Um, you know, either in the draft or one from the draft, one from free agency. Yeah. So, you know, if they pick up one early and then they go for someone like Jones again, he could end up there. Yeah. Um, and then the Vikings right and the Rams, I'm not really sure where they're going to dip into it really. Um, because they're obviously very strong teams. Um, I think they need linebackers for different reasons. I think the Rams. Linebacker calls not that great. It's one of their sort of weaknesses, especially on that defense. It's quite star studded. Yeah. Um. So they could dip into it at any point. And the Vikings are losing out put on free agents, so they might need. They might have a bit more urgency in their sort of search. So again, it might be a bit out of range for Joseph. So I don't know. It, it, it depends on the way the teams approach it, which obviously yeah. we, we don't really know at this stage. Yeah. Well, I guess if one of these teams their top takes one, then it could sort of shake down the rest of it. And we think before, haven't we, where someone takes one and all of a sudden there's a run on these players and. Some get drafted yeah, exactly. a bit higher than they perhaps should, but say I think it's one world. Yeah, exactly, and, and because of the way that we're kind of looking at this linebacking group and kind of saying that it's a bit of a, you know, it's not the greatest. There's not not many stars. They'll be viewed in different ways by different teams because different teams will want them to do different things, and it, and certain players have got different attributes to others that stand out more in different areas. So it, it completely depends on what they're looking for, really, which could mean that you know, come the morning after the draft. On the start when it's finished, we might look at a, t- a player and think, "Wow, they've been really overdrafted." But actually, the team that took them wants them to do one specific thing or two, three specific things, yeah, which will work for them. You know, so it, it depends what they're looking for. Yeah, 
Okay. Um, well, who have you got a number four then? So I've got uh, Joe Giles Harris from Duke. Um, he's kind of the the one that's kind of I, I said to you a minute ago that in this linebacker class there's three guys, which everyone will probably be able to guess the names straight away. Who's like <laughs> yeah. the top three? And it's the same for you. And I think Joe Giles Harris, I think, is the first one after that. I would say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think he's kind of. Uh, prototype, I think he's just like a the typical sort of old school Mike. Uh, he's a two down thumper. I don't think he's going to be the sort of player that's on the field for all three downs, uh, which you know in this day and age does limit his um, sort of stock and his sort of range that he'll be that we drafted in. You know, so you, like you say, you could be looking at a Raiders uh, who could be taking him. It could be someone like the Chargers if they just want to replace Denzel Perryman, who they're probably going to lose to free agency. And, you know, or if you're another team that doesn't really mind just sort of bringing him off the field in sub packages, because obviously these these days um, defenses are in sub packages more than in the base defense. Um, so yeah, if if you kind of look into that sort of play, I think George R. Harris on you know day two or day three again might be the way to go. Um, he doesn't make a lot of splash plays, but I think he's like a stronger and um, sort of more instinctive player than Joseph in my opinion. Um, it's that tone setter. Um, the only like big red flag is that he got injured this season with an MCL injury, and um, so obviously that's taking him out. Um, yeah, of getting sort of tape on the, well, play on the tape for teams to look at sort of in the very recent past. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it is a bit of a red flag. It's not the major injury. It's not like an ACL injury. It's only an MCL injury. Um, so it shouldn't limit him. It shouldn't like it should mean sort of hindered moving forward. But it's it's going to stop him sort of like training and things like that towards. You know the draft and the combine and things like that. So it's it's going to be uh, hindering him slightly in his stock. Yeah. Um, so even with that injury, he still put up some impressive numbers in his time there, hasn't he? I don't, I'll say I know we don't always like uh, that, but it's nice to sort of see that they have got that production, isn't it? And some of these players. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's, that's like I say. It's one of my things that I look for. If you've not done it in college, then you're not going to do it at the NFL level when everyone's bigger, faster, stronger, and a better player. Yeah. So it, it, it's one of them. It's just another <coughs> box checked, isn't it? Like we said before, I think on some of these, it's just mm. ticking another box, and yeah, sort of really helps out. Um, so, what, what do you think his big strength is? Is he? So, to me, he feels like he's just quite good all round. Yeah, like we said earlier, uh, just uh, seems sort of that sort of old school Mike. Um, He's just going to come to come in, be a two down thumper, and he's just going to hit people. To be honest with you, it's just one of those things where he's he's just going to sort of uh, he's going to be able to track the ball carrier quite well and just just stop him in his tracks. Really. He's quite a strong tackler, uh, so yeah, I think he's just sort of that two down thumper. Like I said, I think that's his main strength. And, and do you think that is what he'll be? He'll be a two down player. Will that sort of limit where he can go in the draft? Yeah, I think so. I think it will. Um, I don't think he'll be going quite early. Yeah, I think, yeah, like I said, two, day two, early day three, maybe. Just for a team that just wants to do that with him. You know, it's, it's about sort of not asking too much and not asking... You know, being unrealistic with what you ask these young players to yeah. do. But I, I guess if we said before, if there's that team that just wants that, then maybe you could creep up there. But, yeah, it, it, it's hard to know when players are sort of limited like that isn't it with mm. how high they're actually going to go yeah for sure because obviously it depends on what the team values and what they want to do with the player um, but if like you say if they want to 
uh, it sort of sit back and if they, they don't think that anyone's going to value that player, it could work the other way as well. They could sit back and just take him really late and yeah. see if he's getting like, have a good value. Yeah, yeah, it could definitely uh, end up being a bit of a bargain for someone, couldn't it? Mm, yeah, for sure. Well, I guess we might as well get on to uh, the, that big three players who, uh, well, it's, I think everyone can probably work out who they are. If uh, you've had, <laughs> seen any draft coverage, you know who they are. But uh, who have you got a number three of those players? Uh, yeah, so I think it's a bit more of like the consensus third. Uh, it's Devin yeah. Bush from Michigan. Uh, he's one of those smaller, quicker linebackers with range that everyone sees nowadays. You know, a few years ago, he'd have been, he'd have been a day three guy because he's yeah. sub six four. He's not the biggest. But it's what it's what everyone wants now. You know, you get you see safeties converted into linebackers, um, and you know, he's he's of that mold. Um, yeah, I think he's he's quite. When you watch him, I don't know if you found the same when you, when you watched him, but he he kind of doesn't look as quick as he is because he's so sort of smooth. Yeah, I'm he doesn't like he doesn't get up to top speed very very quickly, but he does like cover the ground. He always makes tackles. He doesn't like get beaten to the edge very often. Um, and yeah, he's kind of kind of odd. He's just like he's just a smooth mover, which is kind of I don't know. It's kind of funny to watch in a in a linebacker. Yeah, because he looks like he wastes time in that he doesn't sort of like say start running as quickly as he doesn't get to north sixty like instantly, like a lot of people. Yeah, but he can he can fly around. He's he's a really good player in that sense. Um, you know, I think one thing that really illustrates like his savviness because he is like he's not slow because he's slow like mentally and I think one thing that really like sort of backs it up is that he's he gets quite a lot of sacks for a linebacker and I think uh, you know creative DC at the next level will really really harness that he's got five and a half sacks and four and a half sacks in the last couple of years which is really good numbers yeah so as that real sort of playmaker isn't he I think he's uh which well as I think we've spoken about basically every podcast so far that every team is after that aren't they just players that can make plays and make the difference and yeah, he feels exactly. like that sort of player yeah yeah for sure um, and he's got that feistiness as well isn't he I remember when uh, Michigan played Michigan State and he was there like tearing up the logo in the, yeah. the centre of the field and uh, you know he probably got in a bit of trouble for that <laughs> but uh, I don't, there's a few teams out there that, that won't mind that I think the Rams are one of them the Rams really stick out for me as a place that you could go at the end of the first round to be at 31 if they, yeah. if they stay in that position of course but um, around that area, I think he could definitely be uh, someone that teams look at. Um, yeah. One thing that's sort of a bit of a red flag is obviously because he's sub six foot, he's a bit smaller, finds it a bit harder to get off off blocks at times. But yeah. it's something that you can work on, get bigger, uh, just become more savvy in just weaving through the traffic a little bit. Yeah. So as we said before, that's just something that will probably calm one it with a bit more experience there. Some, yeah, some but I think. Gym. I think when he when he kind of because he does have that feistiness and that he just wants to do everything and make the plays and things like that, and I think it comes with sort of over eagerness sometimes. Yeah. You know, instead of being a bit a bit smarter about the way he sort of attacks like the ball carriers and like say going through the traffic. Yeah. So I really like the Rams as a fit. As you said before, think about that. That's cause it feels like that sort of team where he could go and not have to not have to do too much and anything he can do would be. Would be great, and say that defensive line will take some of the pressure off him, won't it? And so allow him to just be that playmaker. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's that that kind of um, it's the kind of effect that we were talking about with. Um... Oh, sorry, <laughs> I just totally blank. Uh, Kendall Joseph, who yeah. we were talking about earlier, it, it kind of 
it, uh, it's kind of that effect where you've got that your know, Rams defense with the defensive line with although Sue might not be there next year, you've got Aaron Donald still, yeah. and they're still going to create quite a lot of pressure, you know, up front, and he can kind of mop up behind them rather than having to be this, you know, this this guy who sort of does it all, like you say. Yeah, and well, so that that be the end of the first round. Do you think he can go any higher? Do you think, or is he going to be that back end of the first? He could push into the 20s. It depends how it all shakes up and, and who takes what. Like you say, there's a bit of a rule on linebackers. If the other two... I won't ruin it for anyone doesn't sort of know <laughs> who I'm going to say. Or, or, you know, he's kind of finding these guys out for the first time. But if the other two go fairly early, and I think there's there's definitely a, a high ceiling for one of them in particular. Yeah. Um, you know, that could make it, like you, like you said earlier, it makes, it makes a bit of a run and maybe someone moves up to take him you know, in the in the 20s at some point. Yeah, I, I guess if these teams, almost a bit like us, have got them, there's that quite a big gap between sort of three and four, or at least four and five maybe, then maybe it will make them jump up a bit and maybe take them a little earlier than perhaps would uh, have them as ranked. Uh, well, I guess we might as well get on to them. Last, uh, next two players that, well, we've been talking about. No point yeah. uh, hanging on anymore. Uh, who have yeah, you got at number so- two? So uh, this would have been different, as I said to you earlier, wasn't I? This would have been different coming into the season. Um, yeah. This guy would have been my number one. It's Mark Wilson from Alabama. Uh, he started off the season amazingly well. Um, it's kind of tailed off a little bit like when we were talking about our safeties, a little bit like Deontay Thompson at Alabama as well, who you, know, you can complete a pass against in the early throws of the season, but then tailed off later on. Yeah, Wilson was pretty similar, um, but he's again he's he's a great player. He's that modern day linebacker, sideline sideline. Uh, what really sets him apart from Bush um, and my number one player as well in particular is that he's like incredible in coverage. He's got yeah. uh, quite a lot of interceptions in college for a linebacker six in the past couple of years. Yeah. He shows great IQ, great hands, knows where to be, good in coverage. Uh, but you know he's not just a he's not just a coverage linebacker. He can come down and hit as well. Uh, of the long line of Alabama linebackers in the NFL. Um, again, a bit of a red flag that he's, he's a smaller guy. Um, he, in day, he, like, with Bush, he'd have been a day three pick um, yeah. 10 years ago. Uh, but this, this is the way it's going now. Um, and yeah, he, he's, he's a really good player. He's one that I have kind of earmarked for the Chargers at 28, obviously being a Chargers fan. I'd, yeah. I'd like to see us draft him if, if he's there. Yeah, uh, Chargers was that the one team I'd written down. That was a uh, I could just really see him, see him there. It feels like he's exactly what the Chargers are after, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. With, with, with what we were doing at the end of the season with our sort of like zero linebacker defense yeah. that we were going for, I think he kind of fits that uh, with his coverage ability. But he gives us that sort of. Uh, he's still got downhill presence. You know, he's still got like hitting presence. Um, he's obviously smaller as well. I think he'd fit quite nicely in there with like Kaiser White, Adrian Phillips, um, and in that sort of linebacking role. Yeah. So, do you think he will last that long, or will will the Chargers have to make a move if they do want to get him? They might have to make a small move up. I think. Um, yeah. Again, it depends. It depends what, what the other what the other two three teams do. Um, yeah. Let's just say that who we've got, um, and that, as we said earlier, honestly, uh, sort of fits for linebackers. The Bengals. Need linebacker. They could go offensive line, though. They could go. It's a bit surprising as well. Uh, but yeah, I think at least we'll, you know, he might, they might go for the number one guy. Steelers, like I said earlier, they could go for a corner as well. And you've got the Vikings as well, who I think have got to concentrate more on the offensive line. Yeah. So it's still a good chance if if one of the first two don't take a linebacker, then he he might last until twenty eight. Yeah. It, 
it's a re- I feel like this is a really hard position to predict because, as you say, every one of those teams have <clears throat> quite a lot of other needs as well, don't they? So it's just where they're prioritising. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and if, if you kind of if you go through, you know, and ask a selection of Chargers fans as well, you only get a small selection of who want to take a linebacker in the first round because obviously we we've got other needs as well. You know, we've got defensive tackle, yeah. we've got offensive tackle. Uh, there's even some. Uh, fans out there saying they want a tight end um, to kind of double down on that position uh, yeah. and give Philip Rivers more weapons. So, you know, if this season is sort of outside the box with that, then that could be the way they go as well, especially at the end of the first round where things do get a bit funky every now and then. Yeah, so I, I really like him as a player, though, and I, I actually I found it quite hard to split him and who we've got at number one. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, did, I did come out of him as number two, but uh, well. Who, who who is that player at number one? So it's, of course, uh, yeah, it's just reveal all. Uh, Devin yeah. White from LSU. Um, yeah. LSU's obviously produced top linebackers just like Alabama for a, a long time, yeah. and Devin White's just the, the, the next one of those. Um, one of my favourite players in the whole league is uh, actually Dion Jones, who came from LSU as a linebacker. So uh, you know, you kind of look at the same mould here for Devin White. Again, just modern day sideline sideline tackling machine. That can cover as well. Um, he's super quick, I'd say, really sudden the way he moves all over the field, and when he's whether in coverage uh, or, or coming down the field, he moves at 100 miles an hour, uh, more so than than Matt Wilson. I'd say I think he's a touch quicker. Or it seems so when you watch him, um, and I think this is just displayed by the fact that he just racks up tackles for loss and sacks, 28 and a half sack, uh, tackles for loss and eight and a half sacks in three years. Yeah, so yeah, he's, definitely, he's coming downhill at a pace, um, to say the least, and obviously that shows that he's well taught, well coached, got a decent football IQ, and doesn't waste any movement before the snap, like we said with the other guys, he kind of knows what's going on, doesn't have to second guess, uh, yeah, so I'm a big fan, uh, I think he's got a really, really, really high ceiling as a player and in the draft as well, it's kind of what I alluded to earlier, that I think yeah. um, the ceiling, I would say, is number five overall to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, I think he'll absolutely be off the board in the top 12. Don't see him lasting much longer than that. Yeah, I can't see that either. <laughs> I think, yeah, if, if the Bengals um, are, are staying at 11, and if, if White's there, I think that's the pick. Yeah, he, uh, uh, yeah, I think he's I think he's great. Yeah, so he's got such a high ceiling. I, I think his ceiling is just sort of almost as good as he wants to be, isn't it? He's, he, he can be great, I think. Hmm, yeah, for sure. Um like I said before, he's not quite sort of at the level of what we saw from Roquan Smith last year, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's he's sort of a better prospect than um, Tremaine Edmonds last year as well. And they were kind of sort of as on par, I would say. I was always in Roquan Smith sort of camp, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think yeah, he's kind of the same range, isn't it? Roquan went number eight. Um, it's going to be that sort of range again, I think, for Devin White. Are there any, what what are the real sort of knocks on him? What do you uh, is there any sort of real sort of weakness he has? Yeah, there's not. It's kind of one of those nitpicking ones, isn't it? Yeah. You kind of mentioned he <clears throat> he's not the biggest. I mean, it's but it's that's kind of what you're looking for in a linebacker nowadays. No one's after this sort of Ray Lewis sort of like yeah. 250 pounds like <laughs> you know Hulk in the middle of the D anymore because you just get ran all over by these smaller running backs. Yeah. So I, I guess like there's there's the sort of size issue if you want to call it an issue but apart from that it's not really a great deal that I could knock on him no it's just so to me yeah he's got no there's no obvious weakness at all is there I don't think and see, I, I think he's going to be a real leader isn't he for a defence uh, 
he's going to be real. If you need that sort of player, I think he's going to be so good for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can never have enough like sort of locker room guys and sort of leaders, yeah. can't you? And you dress in your locker room. It's one of yeah. those things where you kind of see it with like young players who play these sort of hard hitting positions, like safeties and linebackers, and you know they kind of start off the season kind of in a back seat, and then by the end of the, the season, you know, ten to sixteen games in. You kind of seeing them sort of yelling at the older guys and, and really riling everyone up and kind of showing their true colours a little bit. Yeah, and he feels to me like somebody that could, or well, maybe even his first season, go to a Pro Bowl or be like an sort of an All Pro somewhere pretty quickly. Yeah, for sure. Um, if he gets that production, obviously, if he backs up those sacks, we saw it with um, Darius Leonard, didn't we? Over yeah. the other past year, that if he backs up those numbers, you know, gets. Gets quite a few sacks, maybe an interception or two. Starts racking up tackles. Uh, yeah, we've seen the the, the the appetite for that. Yeah, he's he's going to be that sort of player that I feel like he's going to show up on a lot of sort of highlights and stuff, isn't he? He's going to be that type of player. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's one of those things, isn't it, where cause people just want to see big hits and, and yeah. kind of like hits in the backfield. They always get you off your seat, don't they? Uh, yeah, he'll be, he'll, be, he'll be like in the position to do a lot of those. Yeah, he's. He's all made for some like Instagram uh, videos and stuff, isn't he? Like, yeah, to, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that rounds up our top five. So, yeah, so it, I think, as we said, it's a very top-heavy class, but I think them top prospects are some good players in there. Yeah. There's some really good players, but yeah, we'll uh, when see how they shake up. But um, have, you, have you got a sleeper pick in there then? Yeah, I do. Um, it's uh, Jermaine Pratt from NC State. Like you say, I think it is quite top-heavy, but it'll have one of those things in the sort of middle rounds where, like no one was talking about Darius Leonard, just mentioned him, no one was talking about him last, last year. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he didn't have a great combine, and then he got picked in the second round, and everyone was saying, oh my God, what are they doing, overdrafting someone like that, and he goes out and has the season that he did. There's going to be players like that, I'm not saying Jermaine Pratt's going to be one of them, but he's, one of, he's a player that I certainly like yeah. um, a little bit. He played a couple of years at safety at NT State before he switched to linebacker. So he kind of has that versatility, ticks that box, and it should mean he's got a pretty decent understanding of coverages because, you know, like we talked about with Joe Giles Harris, it's not just about coming down and hitting people anymore, it's about, you know, doing a, doing all the phases and not coming off the field as a linebacker. Um, he's not a super athletic, but that's why he's my sleeper. You yeah. know, if, he, if he was, then he'd be in my top five because yeah. it's not, like you say, it's not a, it's not a very deep group. Uh, he's, been, he's been pretty productive. He's played all four years, which fits that that production and also the experience box. Um, he weighed 240 at the senior ball. I don't have his combine measurement that's in front of me, but he, he might need to short shed 10 pounds or so, I think, just so he can move around and maybe be a bit more athletic. Um, but yeah, no, I like him. He, he, like I say, he's been productive. He's played in a good school. He should have a pretty good IQ if he can go to a decent team, maybe sort of learn off maybe a veteran, play some special teams to begin with, and yeah, just get on the field a little bit more. more. Yeah, I think he could turn into a pretty decent starter, which I think, if, if you're talking about the middle rounds at the linebacker this year, if you get a pretty decent starter out of them, that's a big, like, it's a big plus. Nice. Um, so it's always nice to have that player with a bit of safety experience, isn't it, in sort of this the league right now. So that definitely helps a player, doesn't it, get, uh, get on the field a bit quicker. Yeah, exactly, because it, it just shows that it's like anything, if you know sort of more about the game or more about what your teammate's job is or what your job is and you can kind of marry all these things up in your mind on the fly, it's going to mean that you're sort of more valuable and the, the coaches will love that sort of thing. So it definitely endears them to that, you know, 
that's, that, yeah, sorry, he's coaches quite a lot as well. Nice. Are there any other players out there that have sort of caught your eye as you've been doing this? Uh, it really is that sort of sort yeah. of thin thin group. There's a few names, but it's it's no one that I'm I'm really like really in love with at the moment. To be honest with you. So, so the one player I liked who I had as my super pick was um, Khalil Hodge. I think he's Buffalo, isn't he? He, uh, uh-huh. he? he was just one of the players that just sort of stood out, and I think he's, I think he's sort of looking like he's going to be sort of a what, fifth rounder, maybe something like that. And I feel like for the for where you're going to be getting him, I feel like he's got a lot of good traits and stuff. I think he's I think he's just a good all round player. He's a, he's a big old big old linebacker these days. I think he's like going to be about sort of two forty, two forty five, or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, Obviously yeah, now that's, that's, a, that's a big player now, isn't it? Uh, it is, yeah. Maybe not going back, but yeah, he's sort of more that sort of old school linebacker, I think. And yeah, I really liked him uh, if, as someone later in the draft. He was one of those players that sort of like jumped off the screen a little bit as you were watching. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's I think he's uh, I think he's had like the most tackles in the country in like 2017 or 18 or something like that. But yeah, he's uh, a player I really liked. Um, I've actually got a question for you. Oh yeah, come, on, come from ahead. Ross. It comes okay. from Ross. He. Uh, because he, he thought he might have been able to come on this one, but he couldn't in the end. But he said, if you could ask him specifically which linebackers the Seahawks could look to replace a player like KJ Wright with, uh, that would be super helpful, he said. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Ross is a Seahawks fan then, I think. Yeah, he's a Seahawks fan, yeah. Okay. Um, it, it's not... Well, we've obviously mentioned the teams that we think kind of... Yeah. Uh, sort of looking, Seahawks didn't really stand out as one for me, so I've not really thought about that. To be honest with you. No, but I guess I, I guess that that kind of like Swiss Army knife kind of do it all would, would yeah. suit would suit someone maybe like Devin Bush because they're picking at the late stages of the first round, so they could yeah. go for Devin Bush. Just talking about the players that we've talked about, uh, I think he would. They're another team a little bit like the Rams that I don't think would care that he's got this personality that he does, this kind of no. feistiness. It's a very Seahawks personality, isn't it? Yeah, I think they would kind of welcome that. And Pete Carroll would kind of just even sort of put a leash on that a little bit. So, yeah, maybe maybe a Devin Bush pick later in the the first round. Yeah, they showed last year, didn't they, that they could uh, do some weird stuff at the back end of that first round. Well, yeah, they're they're one team for me um, who, and I write a few mock drafts over the full 10 yards, and they're kind of... They're sort of the, the, the team where I can kind of do what I want a little bit. Yeah. Because uh, they just do such weird things. Uh, we saw, we've seen it in the last few years where they just thought about outside the box. They have their own way of evaluating. Uh, they get it right quite a lot, hence why they've been quite good recently. Um, and, yeah, it seems to work for them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, think, he'd, uh, I think he'd definitely uh, be happy with that at the uh, back end of the first. But, yeah, I think they could be in for I, I feel like they're going to be one of these ones that take one of these later players, aren't they? And just hmm. like to hit on someone more likely, but yeah, yeah maybe, we'll see yeah, we'll see. But yeah, that that'd be my my shout after I was put on the spot a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, well, so if, if anyone's ever got any questions, then feel free to uh, tweet them into us. Oh yeah, just see what we can do with them. But uh, yeah, well, I guess that rounds us up for the uh, linebackers. Um, well, where where can they find you on Twitter? And um, well, you say you mentioned you have a podcast, so give that another plug. Yeah, sure. Um, so for me personally, it's at Wakefield ninety. Um, yeah, if you've got any sort of questions that you want to just throw at me just in general, just yeah, hit me up any time. Don't mind ever talking about prospects on the draft or anything like that or just anything in general. Uh, as you mentioned, yeah, got the pod, got the other podcast, um, it's at Full 10 Yards, uh, going out well, just on Tuesdays at the moment. Um, uh, we do two podcasts in the season, we do Tuesdays and Fridays, but just in the off-season, just doing two. 
It's a bit um, tough, isn't it, in the uh, yeah, season? Yeah, you know, especially around this time of year when there's not a lot of news yeah. going around. Um, it'd really drag it out if we you know, like strung it out over uh, two podcasts in a week. We've just done a, an episode on Tuesday about free agency. So you get all our thoughts on free agency, where all the big guys are going to go. Sort of, We think we went through the top 10 teams with the most cap space and it's kind of just sort of said what sort of moves they might make, what sort of areas they're going to look at. Um, so yeah, no, get in touch with us as well. Just again, just ask any sort of questions. Um, and myself, Tim, we are always available to talk football. Um, yeah, like I say, uh, check us out and get us anywhere: Spotify, iTunes, wherever you like. Yeah, all the usual places. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, yeah, and uh, so you can find us in the usual places. Um, we're on Twitter at first and ten underscore, and then Facebook first and ten. You know, if, subscribe to us if you haven't already. All all that stuff. You, you know the usual stuff at the end of a podcast. Just do all of that stuff. Um, well, say uh, I can't remember what we got coming up next week. Is it wide receivers? It is. Yeah, it's wide receivers, and then yeah. we move on to the defensive line after that. Yeah. Some of the uh, good positions coming up, I think. Yeah, so I'm, gonna, I'm really going to enjoy it next week. I really like this wide receiver class. I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, so uh, it, it feels like where this one was a, not necessarily a struggle for five, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't the easiest to get five. I think the wide receiver is going to be a bit more of the opposite, isn't it? There's some good players out there. Yeah, I've already been sort of looking into sort of players and my note, making my notes and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it was had actually quite tough to kind of narrow down. I've not quite done it yet, but I've. I kind of like toying with a lot of players because there's a lot of good guys. You could, yeah. we could kind of, I think we could quite easily extend it to ten, uh, <laughs> and yeah. you know, and, and and get a lot of good players in there and still miss them out. I would say because I think with the wide receivers, and I'm not trying to ruin next week's part by talking about this right now, but you've got like your, your top tier guys, and you've got a lot of guys in the mid rounds who are going to cause them a lot of damage in the in yeah. the NFL next year and beyond. Yeah, and I, I think back well. Basically, every team needs a wide receiver, don't they? Every team always needs someone. You can never, a, have, you can never yeah. have enough good ones. Yeah. Okay, well, so you've got that to look forward to next week. So, yeah, for sure. Well, thanks again for coming on. No, um, no problem. So really enjoyed doing this. Yeah, definitely. That's no, been um, good. Well, until next week, that's uh, goodbye from me and goodbye from Lee. Yeah, see you later, everyone. See you on the other side. Bye. Drown no more. Sick of the same old people. Kind that'll sell your soul. Trade it for a shining stone. Ain't nothing in this life for free. Running from the greatest evil.